Lekutah Sicha is Chelek Yudches, Parsha Kairach Sicha Gimel. In the Machlegas of Moshe Ba'aron, in their dispute with Moshe and Aaron, and in Kairach Ba'adosah Ba'ashtrof Givar Kairach and his people were punished in two different ways. As called Ha'adam Asher Kairach, all those, uh, what the Torah calls all the people that were with Kairach, Hundasam Ba'aviram, as well as Dasan and Aviram, so the Nivlegevarim were all swallowed up by the earth, as the pasuk says, They and everything that belonged to them went in, went down into the ground alive. So that's one punishment. On the Chamishim Saim Ish Makrivi the two hundred and fifty people that were Makriv Kteiris, even though they were not Kayanim. Zayin Fabren Givarin were burnt. It says a, a, teitze, a fire came and burnt them. So there were two punishments. Some were swallowed up by the ground. Some were burnt by the fire. Says you do as the ancient was kumim milmailos and meein from the ma'isa avedav as the mensh tut was the mensh tut. It's known that a punishment for a sin is always in accordance with the sin it is somehow representative of the sin that the person did as our sages tell us in the way that a person measures out, behaves that's how he is repaid, that's how they measure out to him in other words that the punishment is in accordance with the sin and so also the reward would be the same and this actually is everybody agrees with that. Even according to the opinion, there is a machloke. Some say that um, that a mitzvah, uh, the, the reward for a mitzvah, is the result of the mitzvah. The punishment of the avera is the result of the avera. So to say, let's say, if somebody crosses the street against a light and gets hit by a car, it's not a punishment that's unrelated to what he did. He crossed the street in a dangerous way, so that's the result of crossing the street. It's not a punishment that's unrelated. So that's one opinion. Others say that uh, it's not so, but rather, it is just like a mother would say to a, to a child, if you do so and so, you'll have to stand in the corner. There's no connection between standing in the corner and the sin that he committed, the thing that he did. It's just, this is what you'll get if you do so and so. But even according to that opinion, there is, as he says, there is still some relationship between the Aveira and the punishment that it brings. Valachas kama v'kama, certainly then, Surely, according to the opinion that says that it's the natural result of what a person does, that's what the punishment is. So certainly the punishment is related to the Aveda. So we have to understand. What's the connection between the punishments that they received? being burnt or being swallowed up by the earth with the sin that they committed what's the connection between the two which was the machlegis against so how is the appropriate punishment for that to be swallowed up by the ground or to be burned by the fire 
in regards to the punishment of being swallowed up by the ground, by the earth, they, they, were, they went down into the ground alive. Perhaps one can explain it simply. That because as a result of Machkairach and his people arguing against the people that Moshe Rabbeinu appointed as the Kayan and the Kayan Gadol, as also Moshe has called they said that Moshe made it all, all up and he decided who should be appointed to the important positions. And that's what they were arguing against. And their intention was that they wanted to be a Kayan. They didn't want Moshe Rabbeinu to appoint who should be Kayanim. They too want to be Kayanim. Which means Isnasus. They wanted to be elevated to a higher level. So because of this, because they did it inappropriately, in Instead of being elevated, they were lowered. Biz Yordu, they were lowered to such a degree that they went down into Chaim Shoila, into the ground, into the bowels of the earth. That's how low they went because they argued that they wanted to become higher. And Oynish from Tachosayirida, instead of getting what they were looking for, which is to be elevated above everybody, they were lowered below everybody. The same can be said also about the punishment of being burnt. From from the simple reading of the Psukim, it seems, that the punishment of being burnt came as a punishment for their bringing Ktairis, of course, is burnt. That's how you, uh, you burn, that's how you are makrif Ktairis, by burning it. And since what they did, because they were not Kayanim, it was what's called a fire which is foreign to the Beis Hamidrash, so it was not permitted. Since they were not Kayanim, they were not permitted to do it, so their burning it was bringing foreign fire into the Beis Hamidrash, into the Mishkan. And therefore a fire came forth from Hashem and burnt them. So that was the, you know, related to what they did. But it's still not completely understood because the Because Moshe Rabbeinu instructed them to bring that Ketairus. Is it true? The reason Moshe Rabbeinu told them to bring the Ketairus was because that was going to be the litmus test. That's how you'll know who is a, who is supposed to bring Torahs and who is not supposed to bring Torahs. Everybody let, uh, should do it. You say that you're also the right people to do it, so let everybody do it. And then we'll see who Hashem chooses the Torahs to be uh, accepted properly and whom He will not. The Kulcham Avudim and those who are not supposed to be doing it will all be destroyed. Is the Chabad in them l'chayrin ishtok and shaychus to the zayir ikirachet? So therefore, the bringing of the k'tayrus wasn't the central part of their sin. That part, Moshe Rabbeinu told them to do. Their sin was related to wanting to become kain, and not specifically to the bringing of the k'tayrus. Their sin was the machloikas. Unviyazvert mudgesh in the pasuk itself. 
emphasizes after they were burnt these sinners who sinned in their uh, with their soul why is it called that they were sinners too down to their soul because they came out with a dispute against Hashem they challenged Hashem's appointments so therefore that was really the, the sin the central sin was that the fact that they brought Ketairus was only in order to determine who is the right Kayan and who is not so and Moshe Rabbeinu told them to do it but that was really not the central thing, sin Hashem instructed that from their pans in which they burnt their k'tairis, Hashem said they should take the metal and make it into a coating to the mizbeach. So that it will be always remembered. And it would be pointed, you would be able to point to those, to that coating around the Mizbeach and say, that was made from the pans, from those who argued against the Kahuna. That's how they're described. Those who argued against the Kahuna. If we want to say that the reason they were burnt was because they inappropriately brought the Ketairis they burned Tiktaitis inappropriately. So then you're missing, if that's the point, that is why they were punished. So then you're missing the whole point. As the they, If the sin is that they were arguing against the Kahuna, so then why is burning an appropriate thing? If it's about the burning of the Tiktaitis, so then he's identifying, in the Pasuk, is identifying it wrongly. So obviously the Pasuk is identifying it correctly that the Iker, the Iker sin was, the main sin was that they were arguing against the Kahuna, the Machloikas, and the fire was, has to be understood in that context, not in the context of they brought fire, like so therefore they were burnt. Therefore we have to say, as the Einish for Nisr for Gufa, that the punishment of being burnt is also connected to how the Torah identifies them those who argued against the Kuhuna so then we have to understand what's the connection between being burnt and conducting a machleikas against the Kuhuna and the same thing also we have to understand in regards to the, being, the punishment of being swallowed up. Lofia now is the Ikerat Goshim Prat from Viyodahim Vacholashalem Chaim Shailam. According to the way we explained it, the, the main point of the Pasig would be they went down, they went into the ground, into the lowest, into the bowels of the ground, which was in The idea here is. They wanted to be elevated, so they were lowered to the lowest place possible. But from the, the way the, the psukim uh, related is imed chazal, and the way the chazal explain it is mashma. It seems as that the main point here was that they were swallowed up. That's what the big thing is. Not that they ended up deep in the ground, but rather that they were swallowed up. 
as our sages tell us, they were swallowed up. And the Pasuk also says it was, they were swallowed up. So it's not about being lowered into a low place, it's more about being swallowed up. So then, what's the connection? Gimel, we also have to understand what the Medrash says. As Kairach Laka Kairach was punished more than all the other ones. Shanisra Venivla, because he was burnt and then swallowed up by the ground. So he got both punishments. And why was he punished in both ways? Because if he had been burnt but not swallowed up, so then those who were swallowed up would have the complaint and say, It was only Kairach that brought all this upon us, all this, ter- this uh, evil upon us. And yet, he, they get swallowed up. And Kairach somehow escapes the punishment of being swallowed up. So therefore they would say that. But if he had been swallowed up but not burnt, then the people that were burnt would have the same complaint. They would say, It was only Kairach who brought all this upon us. So they get burnt. And say he escapes the being burnt. That's why he was punished by both ways of dying. He was burnt and then swallowed up. So we have to understand about this. Because even if it was only punished by one of those two types of death, and even if we accept that those who were punished by that type of death would say, and they would say that the other type, in other words. We, even if you accept that the people that were punished by the other method, not the one that Kairach was punished, would somehow say that their method of punishment is worse than what Kairach got, and therefore they would have their complaint. Even if you'll say that, that the people that, if, if let's say Kairach was swallowed up but not burnt, so the people that were burnt would say, burning is much worse. And yet, Kairach got the lighter uh, type of, the lighter type of death. Even if we accept that, but it doesn't make sense to say, and he was spared. What he wasn't spared, he wasn't saved. They didn't escape punishment. He was also he also died. So what does it mean that he was spared? He wasn't spared at all. You could say that he didn't get the same type of misa as yours, and yours was worse. But it's not spared, so why did the Chacham say he was spared? They would say he was spared. Dalit. So we'll understand this by first explaining what exactly was Kairach saying? What was his complaint? What was the, the central idea of his Machlaikis? Kairach's time is given. Kairach said, Kikola Kulam Ktaishim. The entire community, every yid is holy. And that every yid has Hashem within him. So why do you, the Kayanim, the Kayan Godel, why do you rise, raise yourself above the rest of the people? Everybody's equal. Everybody should be able to do everything that you're doing. In other words, he wanted a democracy. 
there shouldn't be any differences between any Jews. Certainly that there shouldn't be one uh, Jew that was, or a, a group of Jews that were lording themselves over the other Jews. Which in his mind meant that all the Yidin should be one and united. There's no differences, everybody's the same, everybody has equal rights, and there's no, no person that is higher or better than anyone else. However, the Torah says, as the Taino and the Torah says that this kind of uh, attitude is the opposite of unity. Rather, it's machloikis. Was in the Targum, taichd of vayikach kairach v'ispalik. We see that the Targum says, kairach tuk, the beginning of the parish, vayikach kairach. Kairach tuk, so the, the Targum says, v'ispalik. What does vayikach? He tuk means he separated himself. Meaning he entered into a machloikis. Biz as is ved klolos in a machloikis. Until we say that Kairach becomes the representation of Machloikis. He is the penultimate person of Machloikis. Kol HaMachzik BaMachloikis, as the our sages tell us, anyone that conducts a Machloikis over Balav violates a, a negative command. Shenemba, because the Pasuk says, He shall not be like Kairach and like his people. What does that mean, our sages say? It means, do not conduct a machloikas. So in other words, just by naming kairach, you know that it's talking about machloikas. You don't even have to say what he does. If the Torah says, don't be like kairach, it means don't conduct a machloikas. So kairach became the representation of machloikas. Not only is he not promoting achtas, he was the ultimate machloikas. But you, it would seem, wie kommt es, sein Mann in dem Ende von Achtes zwischen Eden? How is it that when his, what he was saying was, let's make unity amongst the Jews, equality. How could it be that Zolver Machleikis, how does that become a Machleikis? When a Machleikis in Azayif and Geru, and a Machleikis in such a, in such a terrible way, bis as jede Machleikis was kennzeichnet bei Eden until any machlekes that could occur amongst any Jew is fabunim machlekes kairach is is related to machlekes kairach. The Torah calls it "Don't be like kairach." So how is it that somebody who is looking for absolute achdus amongst people, it turns out that it's a complete and absolute machlekes? Hey, the beer in them is uh, is merumas in the emphasis of Moshe Rabbeinu, Baker <coughs> so the answer to this is found in the words that Moshe Rabbeinu, the answer that Moshe Rabbeinu gave to them, in the morning Hashem will notify us who is His and who not and as the Medrash explains this Rashi brings it Rashi also quotes it in his commentary on Torah he says Moshe Moshe said to them, Hashem made boundaries in his world. Can you mix together day and night? There's a boundary between day and night. Can you bring them together? 
That's what the Pasuk says. At first it says, and there was evening and there was morning. Hashem separated between the darkness and the light. Hashem set uh, boundaries between day and night, between darkness and light. And in a similar way, he also separated the Jewish people from the other nations. The Kachivdal Aaron, and so also he separated Aaron from the rest of the people. Shneemar, as the pasuk says, by Yavdil Aaron and he separated away Aaron that he was sanctified as the holy of the holies. So Hashem created this separation. If you can show that you can uh, dispense with the separation that Hashem made between day and night, so also will you be able to, sep- uh, to nullify this separation. But of course you can't separate between darkness and night, and night because darkness and light, because Hashem set that boundary. So also Hashem set this boundary and you're not going to be able to blur the boundary between Aaron and the other people. And to explain, to understand why this is, what is the idea of the boundaries. Since Hashem created the world with ten statements, and as the Mishnah points out, He could have created the world with one statement, and everything would have been created from that one statement. But Hashem chose to do it by ten separate statements. The Viber is the Bria in an Eifen from Gvulus Chola Kagazvaruch Bailame. It's as a result of these ten statements. That's why Hashem did it with ten statements, because He wanted separation between different elements in the world. If He wanted everything to be one big blur, He would have just said one statement, and everything would have been created as one big blob. But he wanted separation and boundaries between things. That's why he made ten separate statements. He wanted separation. He wanted different levels amongst the creation. Each created being has its parameters, has its limitations, its boundaries. By which this creation is different and separate from all other creation. Just like there are separations, there are boundaries to morning and night. That each period has its mission and its purpose. Day and light has its purpose and night and darkness has its own purpose. And when and when each one of these created beings fulfills its purpose according to the uh, parameter that it was given in the, in the case of the uh, day and night so when you have day and day does its job and you have night and night does its job together they make up one day, one day period. In other words, Yom Echad is not day or night. It's a combination of day and night together. That makes the day. And the same is true for the Aveda, the mission and the purpose of every created being. What is the ultimate 
perfection of the creation is that every created being fulfills its mission for which it was created according to its limitations and its parameters and what it represents and, the, and each created being has to fulfill the mission of what it does but when a created being doesn't fulfill its mission according to its limit, uh, parameters and boundaries, nor but wants to start doing the, the work and the mission that another created being was given to do, is a good bilbul in the Sidibarishas. This causes a confusion and a whole chaos in the way Hashem created the world. If Hashem created in a way in a way that each created being should do its mission. But if one begins to do try to do the other uh, the other created being's mission, then you're going to cause chaos, of course. So the Abishta created the world with the ten statements so that there will be specific boundaries for each created being. Each one is in charge, has the mission to do whatever they are meant to do. And together, it creates one organized, ordered, perfect world. Just like there are these boundaries in the created beings themselves. The same boundaries also exist within the godly energy which is brought into the world, which is released into the world. That in the in other words the that element of transcendent air which is brought into the creation air godly energy is by its definition beyond creation but it, there is a certain type of air air which is allowed into the world and that's what animates and gives highest to the world in the so that air too. There is parameters to each to those levels of air which are in the world. And those boundaries can be seen in the three elements which make up the world, which is space, oilam space, shana time, shana means year time, and nefesh, which means man, the human. And each one of those, we will see how the godly energy that's in the world has its parameters. There is the difference, the way the world is, the space is divided in Mokim or Dugma. As an example, the Mishnah tells us that there are ten levels of holiness in Eretz Yisrael. One above the other. So Eretz Yisrael the whole land is a holy land. But then there is, let's say, I don't know, one of them is Yerushalayim, the holy city is more holy. The, the area of the Beis Hamikdash is more holy. And it keeps getting holier and holier till Kedosh HaKadosh. So, so the parameter is different for the Beis Hamikdash or the Kedosh HaKadosh than it is for the rest of Israel. So also in Shana, which is time, there is a difference between the holiness that permeates the, a regular ordinary weekday or a yomtiv 
or a Shabbos, or Shabbos Shabbos, in the Shabbos of all Shabbos, in which is Yom Kippur, there is different levels of holiness in each one of those uh, Yom, uh, days. When Azoy Eich Nefesh, and so also a Nefesh, which is humankind, or Yidin, the Neshamas Yisrael, different levels in the holiness of different Neshamas of Jews. Or the Dogma, for instance, the Chalukah Klolis from Amit Lisoi, the general division of the Jewish community, which is into three, it's called the, the nation that is divided into three, because there's Kainim Levim and Yisraelim, and each one has a different level of holiness. When in Kainim Gufa, and then when you get to Kainim, the holiest of the three, there is also Kayan Hedyet, there's the ordinary Kayan, there's the Hechstadagaf and Kayan Godl until, and there are a number of different levels of Kayanim until to the highest level, which is the Kayan Godl. The Chalukah from the Ten Sugim by Eden. Then there is the difference between ten categories of Yidin listed in the Torah. Rosheichem Shivteichem from the heads of the tribes, the highest level. And Biz goes down to the lowest, which is the the wood choppers and the water carriers, which were in those days. It wasn't about the job; it was about the people that were chosen to do that. It was a certain nation that were not really part of the Jewish people per se. And then you have a division. There are 600,000 Neshamas Yisrael, each one with its own parameter. So we see that in Nefesh and the Neshamas, there's also multiple types of divisions between the levels of holiness within the Jewish people themselves. So there is a division of holiness which is found in the world based on space, based on time, and based on people. And just like it is in the creation itself, as the that the proper conduct of the creation is that each creation should do its job and not change its job. As yet that every creation should should fulfill its mission not the mission of another created being. But does bring and and when each one does its own job properly, that brings unity amongst the whole creation. as it is in the in the what the way the world runs, as when do you have proper peace and unity? is only when somebody doesn't encroach on somebody else's space, then you have peace. What it means simply is, when is there peace? When I don't try to encroach on somebody else's property or somebody else's things. I don't try to take for myself what belongs to him. I do and have what I have, and he has, and, and I leave him, let him have what he has. That's proper shalom ba'achtos. So also in the mission of each thing, when one created being tries to do the mission of another created being, that causes chaos, not achtus. Achtus is when each one does its own job. And the same thing can be said for the levels of Ketusha as well. That peace can only be achieved through through the uh, uh, through the behavior of us is and asagas gulvis nagdus from a madrege kegnetzveta that one level does not oppose another level does not try to encroach on another level 
in Eilam Shanavanapish, and this is true for space, time, and soul and people. But rather everybody sticks to their everybody, every person, every entity sticks to its parameter. Zion. Abedos is nor noch nish the matzuf and evesu shalom, but that in itself does not bring to true peace. For Rabbi Baldas yet the darge is abgetelt fazich, because what we just described is that each entity is separated onto itself, doing its own thing and not integrating with any other entity. Gefinzich in in irvelt each each entity finds itself in its own little world. One hot kein shaychus nish medun zveitin and doesn't in doesn't interfere with anybody else, but doesn't integrate with anybody else either. Is does is does So then, they're each one is separated onto itself. As can ongeruf and venesholim b'shem amushul. You can call it peace, at least in somewhat. You can use the term peace to describe what's happening. Why the Because at least they're not fighting with each other. Each one is in its own little corner. And uh, un, you know, not at least not in, interfering with anybody else. That can be called peace. That's only non-war, non-hostility, but it isn't peace. But it says nish shalom. It's not called shalom. Because shalom can also have the meaning of perfection and unity. But that's not unity. Hamitis inen shalom is what is considered to be true peace. When each level and each entity integrates and lends a hand to all the other things around it. Only then can you call it peace. Because at the same time that each level has its own mission and purpose, there is also that each entity has something that it can assist all the other levels. There is something in it that is also useful to all the other levels. Like we say in the, by the Malachim, they call out to each other. What are the Malachim calling out to each other? It means they're all lending a hand. They are all contributing to, to each other. <laughs> Midain, or as it said in Aramaic, they receive from each other. Each angel receives from each other. That's the interpretation of a Karazalzeh. Other funder hecharamadrege in the Nidriker. Or that there is a higher level is meant to assist and bestow upon the lower level. The Razal Zog, as our sages tell us, Vegan Besa Migdash, in regards to the Besavinish, Misham Ayra Yetzel Chola Eilum Kulay, that the light permeated from the Besa Migdash to the entire world. So, in other words, Besa Migdash had an elevated state of light, so it shared it with the whole world. That's called integrating with the rest of the world. When Azoida Ashwaf and Shabbos in the Sheshim Echel, as well, that's in space. Then when you come to time, so Shabbos is a holy day, but Shabbos is meant to influence the rest of the week. The holiness of Shabbos is meant to permeate the rest of the week. The Ashpov as the Kayin Godlu is Mam When it comes to people, the Kayin Godlu is the highest Jew, the most elevated Jew. He brings Hashpa to every single Jew. Birchas Kayinim. The Kayinim give their blessing to the rest of the Jewish people and so on. 
And the same can also be said for the opposite, that the lower somehow assists that, that those which are higher. The Mishkan and the Beis was built by the donations from the Yidin. Azayin is oich de amshachas aktushim mishkon abeis hamidus for bunim mit the karbonus. So also, how do you bring holiness into the mishkon and the beis hamidus? That's by the bringing of the karbonus. That was the purpose of the beis hamidus. Because Eden is a magdish from bringing the mishkon hamidus. So who brings these karbonus? The Yidin are the ones that uh, they dedicate. They they bring the karbonus. They are the ones that bring the donations of the karbonus. So they are the ones that are bringing this Ketusha, bringing out the Ketusha from the Beis HaMikdash, which is obviously on a higher, a higher level. So that's how the lower elements, the ordinary Yidin, were able to contribute to the higher element in space, the, the Mishkan HaMikdash. So also in time, Certainly, in the case of Yom Tov, that that is tied in with what the Yidden do, because Yom Tov is generated by the decisions of the Yidden of Am Yisrael, the because it's the Yidden, the Bezdin, which decides when Rishchidosh is going to be, and therefore when Pesach is going to be, or when Sukkot is going to be. Each Yom Tov is based on the decisions of the Jewish people. So certainly that the Yidin are the ones that create the holiness of the Yom Tov. But this is also true for, about Shabbos, which, which although Shabbos is Shabbos is something that started was started by Hashem in the six days of seven days of creation, and it just keeps going. The cycle goes, and there's nothing that we have to do. It just comes because that's how Hashem set it up. But we could still say it about Shabbos anyway. Because we say the the one who takes the trouble to prepare on Erev Shabbos on Friday will have what to eat on Shabbos. So in other words, you see that you have to do something on Erev Shabbos in order to have a proper Shabbos. And what is the inner meaning of this statement? It doesn't just mean that you'll have a cholent if you prepare the cholent, but rather as the Ketusha Shabbos by Eden that the holiness of Shabbos with, by the Jew is merit. When can a Yid benefit? And when will the Shabbos be an elevated Shabbos if he works during the six days to bring the holiness of Shabbos? Then the Shabbos will be an elevated Shabbos. So we see that the Yidin also contribute to the holiness of Shabbos. Ubenefesh, and then we find in regards to the Yud, to the Yidin, the Gemara Zog, the Gemara tells us, in regards to a Kayan, the Kidashta, you shall sanctify him. What that means, that's what the Pasuk says. So the Gemara says, that you should, in any matter of Kedusha, the Kayan should be first and foremost. He should be the first one that starts. And he should be the first one to make the bracha of a little, or to bench the little money of a Rishon. And he's the one that should be given the best portion. So he gets the first aliyah, he gets the, he benches the first one, and so on. <clears throat> that one could say, based on the simple meaning of the word, and you shall sanctify him. 
as mizmosif in the Kedushah Fenkayin Dochdem Yisrael. What that means is, you sanctify him, which means the Yidin, the Yisraelim, bring an added measure of Kedushah to the Kayin. And it's not just by showing uh, respect and honor and deference to the Kayin, and to keep the peace, that's why we honor the Kayin, that he should, uh, he should go first, and so on. So it's not just, let's keep the peace, let's show, show deference. You, Vikidashti means that we, the Yisraelim, somehow have the ability to add to the sanctity of the Kayin. That's what the simple meaning of Vikidashti means. You shall sanctify him, which means we have the ability to sanctify the Kayin. So in other words, that there is a, first he talked about the top down, now he's talking about the bottom up, that the bottom, the, the people on the lower rungs, the days on the lower rungs, the space on the lower rungs, are able to contribute to the higher, to the more holy as well. But this can only happen when there is the proper separation between the different levels. But at the same time, there is the proper separation, but each one is able to integrate and affect and influence and bestow upon the other as well, in both directions, as we said. And it's only in this way that you reach the true meaning of Sholem. To the ultimate perfection, and Hashlama means completion, the way each one completes the other, the way each thing completes all the things around it. And Hashlamas, the perfection. Each one coming from the word, these two meanings come from the word Shalom as well. And this way we reach the true peace, the true, true perfection the true completion of all the levels. As the Alter Rebbe explains in regards to the Klal Yisrael, the Jewish people, every Yid needs every other Yid. And the entire Jewish community is one structure. Just like it is in the human body. As yeder ever every limb in the body has its own parameter and its own qualities, and one doesn't do what the others do. Thus, is bring to and each limb brings purpose and contributes to the well-being of the body. from also also in the uh, in the nimshul in regards to the Jewish people in the lash of as the way the Alter Rebbe puts it. Like the muscle of a person that is made up of a head to the, all the way down to the feet. Even though the, the feet or the legs are at the bottom of the structure and they are the, the lowest level. And the head is the uppermost part of the body and therefore and also 
the most elevated in its importance. In one way, there is a certain quality that the feet have, the legs have, that the head does not have. The head needs the feet in order to be able to walk, to get from one place to the other. And the, the legs are the one, are what keeps the, the body up, upright. They are the foundation of the head and the body. And also we find that when there is a, somebody has a headache, they, the way that they would treat uh, illnesses in general, they would uh, release bloods. So whether they release blood, not in the head, in the legs, and that helped the head. And that's how you become healed. And that's where it receives, the head receives its re connects and has more energy because of it in other words that there is no perfection to the head without the legs so also the Yidin are one structure and every Yid needs every other Yid every Yid contributes to the well-being of the very highest Yid as well and so also it's true in regards to space as the Shlemus from the Hechstam Adrege from the Asar Kedushis that when we talked before about the ten levels of holiness that exist in Eretz Yisrael so the highest of those ten levels is when Asar Kedushis can only be achieved properly when all ten levels exist when you have ten levels then the Kedush Kedushim is the perfect Kedush Kedushim but if there was lacking in one of those ten levels of Kedusha, then the, the holiest would also be compromised in some way. As well as in time, the Ganskeit and Shleimus, Inyan Hashona, the completeness and the perfection of a year, of the idea of a year, is Venice's Da, Venice's Zainan in Ir Da, Ali Yemay when can you call a year a full year when it has also weekdays, all regular ordinary weekdays? Then, in addition to Shabbos and Yom Tovim, in addition to the Shabbos and Yom Tov, the Dogma Vidasis Kipshud Vichetzainis, as we see this on the simple level, Vas Shana is Malosh Shinoi, that the word Shana, which means year, comes from the word Shinoi, change. The year must contain changes. Shani, that there is a second, it's not just one, but there are many uh, other levels. A year is made up of four different seasons with all the changes that they bring, and only then could it be called a year. It's only a year if you have, if it's made up of all the different elements that make up a year, and there are different levels in that. So we find that true shalom peace, which also means perfection and completeness, is in all three areas of time, space and man, is when everybody contributes, every element of, the, of that whether it's time or space or man contributes to all the other, whatever level you're on, you have, you have to be part of it and through this, now we'll understand as in them that in this idea of peace and unity how every element and every detail makes up the one the uh, the one body. 
So in order to achieve that, you have to have, each one has to keep to its parameter. Because coming together as one entity, whether it's in space or in time or in man, can only come about because of the different contributions and how each one contributes in its, its way. Each one in its own defined way. And to reach completion, you don't look at what brings them, how are they similar to each other. To get the full picture, the full proper structure of any element, you have to find how they're different and how they contribute through their differences. That makes up the perfect entity, not how they're all the same. As we see this in the body of a person, when can you say that it is a complete body? You can say that it's a body only when it has a head and it has a torso and it has legs and all the other and it needs to have the 248 limbs and the 365 different sinews and veins and so on and they all have to be different each one has to be different from the other that's when you get a, per, a f- complete body so in other words true sholem is when each thing keeps to its own hagdara uh, to its own parameter and fulfills its mission and doesn't try to co-opt somebody else as, you know someone else's mission Tess. In the dry beginnings and all this idea of Sholom and Achtos, as it's found in the three in Eilam Shonav and Efesh, is nor the Shaykhus to the Bria. This is only true how it happens and how it functions within the creation. Including the upper levels of the worlds. In Eilam Atzilus, Bria, Yitzira, and so on. There too, there are differences between levels. As we said before, because they wish to create the world with ten statements, which is the reason that there are differences in the way that Hashem created different elements in the world, so therefore even also the, uh, the holy, the godly energy which we find in time, space, and man. As these godly energies are drawn into, are released into time and space, that's why the, the world, the structure of the world, is divided into ten levels and ten elements of Kedusha. Israel is divided into ten levels of Kedusha, Asara Madregis, there are ten levels, it is Chachma Binadas, the ten spheres. Which all ten together make up one perfect entity. Which is the holiness of Hashem as it's found in this world, is made up of ten, ten levels. But if you want to look at the whole, this, the, the godly energy 
as not as it's in the world, but as it is in its original state, in its origins. Even more so in the source of from where it comes. Which is a, a, even higher than its original place. Going all the way back to the core essence of Hashem Himself. The core essence of Hashem is removed from any type of description and parameter and, and anything at all. Is When you talk about in these elevated levels where there is perfect, where, where everything is unity, absolute unity, so you can't talk about shalom, peace, bringing together of different elements. Because there, there are no other elements. There is only one element, the essence of Hashem. So this which we described as being the ultimate Sholem Ba'achtos in creation doesn't exist within the unity of Hashem. Because there are no separate entities that have to be brought together. And that kind of unity as it exists within the Atzmos Ein Sof can also be discerned down here in three different ways. The way it's discerned is understood in time, in space, and in man. In Kedosh HaKadoshim, in the, in the Holy of Holies, in space, we're going to talk about Mokama Oremenim and Amida. Over there we know that the space of the Oren took no space. Even though the Oren had a defined size, the Torah says it has to be two and a half Amas by one and a half Amas. But yet, when you measured from wall to wall, it was ten Amas. But if you measured from the wall till the Oren, and then from the other wall to the Oren, both of them were five Amas. So in other words, the space of the Oren took up, the Oren took up no space. Even though the Oren did occupy two and a half Amis. What that means is, as makim is that space itself somehow transcended space because the Oren was a defined space, two and a half Amis, but it took up no space because from the wall till the Oren and from the other wall to the Oren was full five Amis, which means that there was only ten Amis. So where was the Oren? That's what it means. While it was taking up space, it also didn't take up space. Which can only be as a result of the essence of Hashem, where two opposites can exist alongside each other. Space and not and beyond space can exist at the same time. That what only took place in the Kedush Hakadoshim. So we find that in space, the idea of the Sholem, the true unity as it exists within Atzmos was expressed if, even in the space of the Kedush Gadashim, of this world. In Shana, how does that translate into time? Yom Kippur, which is called the one day of the year. It's one, it's unity, it's oneness in the year. When in, and then there is, so that's the unity that is expressed in Yom Kippur, in, in time. When in Nefesh, and then there is in Nefesh, in man, that there was only one Kayan Gadol, and he represented absolute unity. There is no none other. Just like, in a, or in a similar way that we say about Hashem, he is absolute Echad, Hashem Echad. So also there was a Kayan Gadol Echad. So that is what it's meant 
that even though the world is made up of components which have to integrate with each other and that's the meaning of Sholem but there are certain elements in the world or in time and a space in a man where the absolute unity of Hashem was expressed down here too and when the Kayan Gadol, the one in in, Shana, in Nefesh, went on Yom Kippur, which is one the unity of Shana, went into the Kedush Gadoshim, which is the oneness of space, is He brings out this perfection, this Shana, this Shlemus, and Shalom. Even more, because brings out absolute perfection of unity as expressed by Hashem Himself. In the Madregas from Eden, and He draws this down into every individual Yid, into the way that that Yid is an individual and represents His own parameter and His own specific Aveda. And the Kayan Godel is Mamshik, all that, to every individual Yid. That absolute perfect perfection and unity and shalom, he brings it to every single Jew in his own defined uh, character. Yud. So, based on this, we can understand what our sages tell us. They say, They say, who was a very intelligent person. Why, how did he get to this foolishness? He was a smart guy. What was he doing? acting in this foolish way. From the, the way they express it, that he was a smart man, even though, uh, until this moment, nobody ever heard of Kairach, and about his, his, his genius, we don't know that Kairach was a genius, until this moment. So therefore it seems, as from them in how do we know that Kairach was a genius? From this story itself, we see that he was a smart guy. And yet at the same time, still we call it, he did a foolish thing. So at, from this story, we see that he's smart. This story, he did a foolish thing. As in other words, that there was a certain intelligence to it, but it was also compromised by foolishness. So we have to understand what is it, what is this uh, incredible intelligence that we see from Kairach's act over here, which also is seen as foolish. That's brought in them the explanation. The Gedera Pikhus Vachachme is what was the intelligence of it? Our sages describe what is called an intelligent man, the person that sees what's to come. He sees he sees what the future brings. He doesn't only see what's there, what can be seen by everybody, what's happening now about a thing. He can see what's behind the scenes as well about this thing. Something that will only come out later. He can see it now already. In other words, the Taina from Kairach, what was the complaint of Kairach? Everybody, every yid is holy. And every yid contains Hashem. Why did you elevate yourself above the rest of the Jews? Talking to the Kainim. What he was saying is, There's no reason 
to separate and differentiate between Yidin. That's what he was saying. Is pikchos because of his intelligence as Ered Gezenim Inin Asholom Ba'achtos Vidasiz B'Sharshay. In other words, Kairach saw that the real meaning of Achtos, the way it is in its origins, the way it is within Hashem Himself, where over there there is no differences. There is no the, the idea of separation which needs to be brought together doesn't exist, as we said before. Nor blois Achtos of Shuta. In its origins, there is only absolute and perfect unity. And that kind of unity will eventually, when Mashiach comes, will be released and revealed into the world as well, that the whole world will live in this kind of absolute unity. So he saw that. And as it says about the time of Lost Love, that nobody will have to teach anyone else, because everybody will know Hashem equally. Everybody will have equal access to knowledge, and nobody has to teach anybody else. That will happen then. So Kairach said, I see this, the possibility for this kind of unity. So why do we have to have differentiation between Yid? Why isn't every Yid equal? Let's make everybody equal. Absolute unity. And that was his wisdom. He saw further than most people. But in the end, there was a foolishness. Because this kind of absolute, true unity, that can only exist within the source, within Hashem Himself. Or in Lasud Lavi after Mashiach comes, Mashenkin Dolomata in Zman Funayemla Saisam. But here in this, the reality of the world, in the time when we still have to work and perfect the world, is in is Azan Hoga. This kind of behavior, Nishnor Nishkan Inu Fun Achzvesholim. Not only does it not represent true unity, not other Rabbah, but to the contrary, Heipach Hasholim. This brings about the opposite of peace. It brings out Machlekes. As we know that if one tries to do the mission of the other, if somebody is masigvul, if somebody encroaches on somebody else's space or avayda, it brings to machlokes, not to unity. Yudalef the beer bazet to explain why this is so. When we say that everybody is holy, as the ktush is by alam and gleich. What he was trying to say is that everybody has the same level of holiness. On the far therefore, even a Yisrael who is a non-kayin, a rangin and beis hamikdash, should also be able to enter the beis hamikdash makras and kabbanas and to bring kabbanas and k'tayrus and to be makti k'tayrus. On vibal das is nishzay madrego neifna so since this is not really the real Aveda av, of a Yisrael, that is not what he's supposed to do. from them, this palak. So this leads not to unity, but this leads to what the the uh, the Targum says. This it's separating away. This causes a separation, a the opposite of Sholem, The nitzutz beira eliki vasis da bayedn eden. That this spark of holiness. That is found within every yid. And it's this spark of holiness which allows every yid to be able to receive the holiness from the Kayan Godel. That's the connection point between the Kayan Godel and every individual yid. The spark of holiness that's within him. But what happens to that spark of holiness? 
That spark of holiness removes itself. The ispalagat removes himself from the yid if he behaves in this way. Because this individual yid, who has his defined parameter, cannot tolerate the holiness that a kayin is able to tolerate. It's not his kind of holiness, and therefore he can't uh, absorb it. So the holiness from within him escapes upward. The body, the person himself, falls downward. So there is the nitzutz, a leki, which is connected upward. Then there is the nitzutz, which the holiness that is your personal holiness. So the two, they go in opposite directions. The the nitzutz the general nitzitz of every yid that's within him, which is equal to all yid, and that's the holiness that's connected upward, that will escape upward. The nitzitz prati, your defined um, character as a yid, that will fall downwards when everything comes apart. When the thing breaks down because a person entered into a place that he wasn't able to tolerate. A Yisrael went into the, to the Beis Amigdosh to be maktik teiris, an explosion, it's, it's a, a disintegration of the Nitzitzelaki from above with the Nitzitzelaki from below. So they disintegrate and the Nitzitzelaki goes upward, the Nitzitzelaki, the specific Nitzitzelaki, which defines you, goes downwards. Goes downwards means is swallowed up by Klippa. Now that is ever clothes his throat. And the same would be true also in the, for the Jewish people as a whole, not each in, besides for each individual. Then says, When you don't have what the Abishta designed, which is that the Kayanim should be above the rest of the people, somebody wants to remove the separation that exists between the Kayanim and the Leviim and the Israelim or between the Kayin Godel and the rest of the people, which only because of those separations can there be the integration, as he explained at length before. As Ein that one Madrege is able to give and bestow upon the other levels. And only through that are they able to complete the structure of the Jewish people, which has to be made up of all, each individual. This brings a division and separation between the Yidden. What happens is the people on the higher levels, the Kayanim, Kayan Godel, and so on, they rise upward, they remove themselves upward. On the Yeridah from the Tachtain of Shubaam and the people on the low and of the lower elements, they fall downwards. The same kind of division, disintegration happens. And that's what Kairach caused on the Yud Beis. And the mit is moving, the ancient for Srefa Bliyas and a Midikanegan Mid. And now we understand why the punishments that Hashem applied, that they were burnt and that they were swallowed up, are fitting to what they brought about, to the sin that they committed. 
connected the chet for machlokes that this was the response to the machlokes that they caused. Because those two things, burning and being swallowed up, they express what is caused by machlokes that it causes removal upward and sinking downward. What does burning mean? Burning means that the finer elements of when you burn a piece of wood, so the more refined parts of the element, they rise upward. The more coarse fall downward. And then how, by being swallowed up by the ground, from the Nidu you can tell and that's what happens to the lower elements which cannot be um, removed upward through the fire the higher elements are able to rise upward but the lower elements cannot rise upward therefore they fall downward that's what the disintegration causes and that's what happened to the people that committed this sin the higher elements rose upwards, the lower elements went downwards. And this is also fits with the difference between those who are punished. The punishment and those who are punished. The fire burned whom the 250 people that they were, as the Torah describes, the elevated, the upper echelons of the people, the people that were the people that were known, uh, well known, and so on, the people that were of the higher elements, people of note, and Shishem means people of note. Rosh Hashanah or as our sages describe them, that they were the heads of the Sanhedrin. Those are the 250 people that brought the Ketiris. So they, they were, rose upward through the fire. On the Einish from is given Saviv Dasim The punishment of being swallowed up by the earth happened to Dasim Vaviram, and the other people of their kind of element. We know already had a history of being low lives. As the Torah already tells us about them, about the sins that they committed. That Moshe Rabbeinu called them, first of all, Moshe Rabbeinu, and they were called the Shoyim. So they were the lower elements. They were the lowest elements, the Rishoyim. That's why they got swallowed up downwards. And that's why when we talk about their beings uh, going downwards, it emphasizes that they were swallowed up. By that is meant also not only their bodies were swallowed up, but also the spark of holiness, which these lower element, their, you know, the, those people, their holiness, also got swallowed up. Because they, they tried to take away the separation between different people, it becomes swallowed up in 
the bowels of the earth, Gimel Klippas Atmeis, which means the three Klippas Atmeis, Kiyadua, as is known, but again, the Nitzus with Gefinizich, Nitzutzus with Gefinizich in Klippa, as we know in regards to those Nitzutzus, which are sparks of holiness, sparks of godliness, but they got caught up in Gimel Klippas Atmeis. What is it called? And it's only because of these sparks of holiness that Gimel Klippas Atmeis, which are absolute evil, where do they live from? They live from the, the Nitzutzes, which get caught up in them because of our sins, and so on. So what is it called? We find the expression about, the, about this, that the holiness, the Nitzutzes, are swallowed up in them. Not that they integrate into them, but that they're captive in them, swallowed up in them. And that's why the Bliya, it emphasizes that they were swallowed up by it because we're talking figuratively and allegorically, we're talking about the holiness that sank downwards and got swallowed up into Gimel Klivus Atmeis. Yud Gimel. Our Pize is Eich Muvam. Based on this, we can now understand why the Medrash says as Kerech is Nenish Gevorn mit Beida Ein Shim that Kerech was punished by both of these penalties, Mitzreifa Umid Bliya by being burnt and by being swallowed. For Am Zayindik the Makav Shereis Machlekes since he was the source of the whole Machlekes, was Erot Alam and Mafatig because he was the one that drew them all into it. The far hot ayich zayin einish kelig them by ifin goli beda chalakim ektzavus from the period of pilug. That's why his penalty included both elements of this punishment, both extremes of this punishment. Un ven ervolt nenish gevar nor mit einif asayin. If he was punished by only one of them, other sreifa, other blia, whether it would be burning or being swallowed up, vol given the taina would be, the complaint would be vuhu nitzel. That he was spared. What does that mean? The upper element. Since we're now talking about two separate elements, which one element goes upward, one element goes downward. So whichever one would have happened to him, they would have said, but the other element escaped punishment. So it would be either either the upper element was spared, or the lower element was spared. Where the the uh, the penalty didn't affect. If Kairach would have only been punished either by going upward or by going downward, we would have said that the other element escaped punishment. On the river is by Kairach and Given That's why he had both penalties. His as it's described, his neshama was burnt which is El Yenim Shabbat, that's the upper element of Kairach, his Neshama, for Guf, Kayam, but his body remained, Tachtainim Shabbat, the body of course is the lower element, so the Neshama got burnt up, the body remained, and the body rolled into the hole that was got swallowed up by the ground, so it actually says exactly that, his upper element got burnt, his lower element got swallowed up, and had it not had both not happened, they could have said that well, his neshama was spared; it didn't, uh, you know, go to get burnt up, or his body was spared. The lower elements were spared. Yudalit. From them is a in anu. And this is a lesson for all times, and especially our day and age. There are such people that say. 
that for the sake of peace and unity, you don't have to be so uh, so particular about the separations that uh, that was the had and set into the world. On Havendik, for instance, starting with when Arab Vafna Bachitzavadol, the Sushimanar of we have to finally uh, take away the separation between men and women. They should be equal. For instance, Aidas beget the Kedushin, that, uh, you know, why can't a woman be a witness in, uh, on a divorce or in a marriage? Mitzarav Zainza why can't a woman be part of a minion in Azaivaita? And other such examples. Proven Shafana Narvuvya in Dasva Muna. Another thing would be, let's bring together uh, in, in matters of faith and so on, religion, let's bring together, let's make communi- committees and uh, shared religious uh, events and so on between different religions. They want to create a, a, a breach in the separation between the Yidden and other and other nations, God forbid. They want to do this by bringing in gear, allowing people to convert into the Jewish people, which is not according to Allah, in a way that's not according to Allah. In other words, you're introducing non-Jews into the Jewish community, God forbid. So we see from the story of Kairach a lesson in this. When somebody wants to do away with the parameters and the separations that Hashem has set into the world, is in addition to the main problem as does that goes against the Torah. This is conducting a machlekes with Hashem Himself. In addition to that, Brankman the mid Nishkan Shalom. In addition to that, you all, it doesn't bring any peace. Nor Fakerta brings the opposite period of others, it brings a greater separation. Zacham was Baetzim Zainaze Obgetel Tod Gora Hepechene from the Satan because things which are separate from each other, or in some cases they're actually contrary to each other, can Svishen Zainizainken Chibur. You cannot bring them together. Only if you keep a separation between them. Of course, it's, it, it doesn't mean that men and women have to be absolutely separated. They could integrate, but through a mechitza, through certain parameters. Thus is mafsik which separates them. Al dugma, as an example, we find the shaykhs from mayim and esh that if you want to bring together water and fire, which are opposites and they extinguish they. They would uh, they act contrary to each other. Kenzain dafka. How could you bring together that water and fire should function together? Dafka Only if there is a separation between them, you can put water into a pot, and then you can boil it over the fire. But if you take away the separation, so then the water will extinguish the fire. Andesh is nisht Otherwise. If you don't have that separation, not only will there be no benefit from bringing them together, not the chibah bring the bit legamri from the mitzvahs and the mitzvahin, but bringing them together completely nullifies one or the other. It's only through 
keeping strong and making even stronger the mechitzes, the, the separations which which Hashem set into the world is that each man and each woman fulfills the mission that they were created for their individual particular mission as a man or as a woman, that uvgetan shalom only through this do you bring about peace. Because as we said before, there has to be peace amongst the different categories and elements. Because that kind of peace is the true peace because it's based on the Torah, which all the pathways of Torah are peace, as our sages tell us. Actually, it's a pasuk in Mishlei. When Durch Dem is Menzeche, so there's man, and through this we will merit the time. That's Lo Yisham Lucham of Lekinav Atachas, in which there will be absolute true peace, true real peace. There will be no war, and there will be no jealousy and competition. As Vet Kuma Mashiach was Mezera David Shleimei, Mashiach who was from the from the descendants of David and Shleimei. As Shleimei states in regards to Shleimei, it says, Hu Yishvinuch, he will be a man of Rest, v'sholem, and peace, tranquility, v'sheket, etin al Yisrael b'yomer, and I will bring peace upon the Jewish people in his day. And Mashiach is a, is a descendant of all this and brings about the same thing. Even though even in that time the Yidin will be separate from the other nations, as the pasuk says, that the others meaning the non-Jews will uh, take care of things for the Jews, and they will be considered Zorim, strangers. And uh, so Mashiach will come. And he will fix the world, uh, or prepare the world. As it says, then all the nations will... Uh, within a clear language, they were all called out to, to, to one God, love the Shechemechab, and to serve the one God.